get um, we'll get right to our prayer here. Appreciate you being part of class this evening. Hope and pray things are going well for all assembled this evening. Let's bow together. Our Holy Father, we're mindful of the many gifts you send our way. Thank you for the gift of the Bible. I'm thankful for the gift of our Savior and your Son, Jesus. And Father, we're mindful of all the many numerous spiritual gifts that, and blessings that come our way because of our Savior, Lord Jesus, and because of the Bible. We thank the Father for the church, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank the Father for every good thing and good, good way in which you uh, watch over us and guide us uh, from day to day. And Father, we're mindful also of those who are struggling with illnesses or struggling with surgeries. Or have various uh, problems, whether physical, physical or emotional. Pray your blessings to, to be with them. Gracious Lord, we're grateful that we can serve as part of your vineyard, part of your kingdom. And we're thankful that we can study from your holy word this evening. Help us, O oh Lord, that as we study, that we will look to Use what we know to draw close into your side and that we may be more like thee every day. Oh Lord, we want to be home with you in heaven. Help us, Father, to never take our eye off the go. Lord, we pray for strength as we face temptation. We pray for strength, Lord, as we face struggles. Father, we pray for strength that you would help us to keep focused on who you would have us to be and what you would have us to be doing. Father, we're so grateful for our families, part of the congregation here. We're grateful for every mom, every dad, for every child, for every grandma and grandpa. We're thankful, Father, for, that you would have them here and that you would bless them. Strengthen our families, O oh, oh Father, we ask. Lord, be with us for the remainder of this class and be with those that are assembling in different classes uh, throughout this building and throughout our great brotherhood. Watch over us and care for us as you always do. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to spend a couple more nights on what we've been calling the cult cultural war. Started at the latter part of December. We've talked about various issues. Not every cultural issue, because not every cultural issue affects faith, but some some of them do. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about um, abortion. We've talked about worship. We've talked about drinking and alcohol. Last week, we'll look at some 
ideals regarding gambling. Uh, and if you look on the bottom of your sheet, taking the Lord's name in vain is a huge cultural war issue that um, I think needs to be addressed as well. But we'll start with gambling. About two, about three weeks ago now, on a Wednesday at lunchtime, I was sitting over here at, at Caddo Cafeteria eating my fried okra and just by myself and I had my Bible and I had my uh, various materials out and I was absorbed in my own world. And But you ever get the idea of someone is standing next to you? Someone was. They're standing right at my table and I looked up and there was a lady there and I looked and she was very well dressed. And then as I got focused even more, I noticed that she was from channel 31. And then I noticed she had a camera with her. And then she began to speak. And she wanted to know my opinion on the possibility of a state lottery. And I didn't really know what was going on in that regard, so I had her to explain it to me, and she said this would be an educational lottery, and it would be a scratch-off lottery, and I'm not sure that I know what all that means. But um, I said, well, first, um, I'm opposed to any and all gambling and lotteries. And I said, secondly, you're not going to put that camera in my face. <laughs> said, you just, you're just not going to do that. And I said, um, what do you think about it? And then she said she thought it would be a good idea as long as we knew the money went to the schools. And about that time, Tommy Lentz came up behind her and wanted to know what she was doing. And so he gave her a proper interview. And I was thankful he came up at that time. But I wasn't going to go on the camera. You know. Would you go on the camera? The next Baker family. Would you go on the camera? No, you wouldn't do it either, would you? Okay. So, um, I have no reason ever to be interviewed. I don't want to be interviewed. But, I had already thought at that time that we would probably be addressing uh, this idea on Wednesday night. So, I started making notes then. And um, so, let's see what we can learn together. And... Um, I ask you to fill in these blanks because these are just really simple ideas about gambling and lotteries. And as we make our way through these statements, and we'll be looking at some scripture as well, of course, uh, you're also welcome to make uh, necessary comments. So, first of all, uh, gambling, lotteries, etc., is just simply dishonest. That's that's my first blank there. Just dishonest. The Lord has spoken in regard to how He wants us to, to um, make a living, and that is by way of work. Second Thessalonians 3 and 10, as you know, says, If any will not work, then let him not eat. So backwards there, you work and then you eat. And so that's the Lord's simple way. Uh, Ephesians 4, uh, 28 let him who stole steal no more, but let him uh, labor with his hands that which is good, so that he may have wherewith to give to those who are in need. The reason we work is not just to provide for ourselves, but to give to those uh, in need. 
Notice in Ephesians 4.28, work that which is good. Not just any sort of work. Any sort of work is not pleasing with the Lord. Okay? Attending a bar is not pleasing to the Lord. That's, you may make money on attending a bar, but that's not the kind of work the Lord wants us to do. He doesn't want us in a casino. He doesn't want us owning a casino. He doesn't want us working near a casino. He wants to work. There's plenty of things to do, to do which, which is good and wholesome uh, to make a living. So let him who stole steal no more, but let him work that which is good with his hand so he'll have that which uh, to give to those in need. And so Romans twelve seventeen says, provide for those things that are honest in the sight of all men. And so that's, that's basically number one there. It's just a, just a dishonest way of going about uh, doing business. Uh, the Lord knows money is going to be available in the world. He has blessed this world in such a way. He wants us to go the proper route. He has set a pattern as to how to, uh, for his people to have, have money. Number two, uh, gambling, lotteries, etc. is uh, contrary to faithful stewardship. The word faithful there. It is contrary to faithful stewardship. We studied this subject uh, somewhat Sunday morning. We know that a steward is someone who manages property or money or some other item for another person. Okay. Um, suppose you had someone come to you and they... they were in need and they asked to borrow or just ask for a gift of money from you and you say, okay, I'll give you uh, $50, I'll give you $70 because this one looks like he's, he's in need. And then you find out right away that the one who you would give the money to turns around and goes and spend it, spends it on a lottery ticket okay, or goes, goes to a, a place to, to gamble uh, with it. And that wouldn't make us necessarily feel good about that situation. And then think about the Lord who owns it all. He owns everything. We noticed that Sunday morning. He owns every bit of it. What does the Lord think about people on earth taking his world and his resources and using it for such things as dancing and as for drinking places and for gambling? And you know that this displeases him very much. Sorry about that. So the idea of, of faithful stewardship is, is important to us. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in the earth and the fullness thereof, Psalm 24, verse 1. We mentioned uh, Sunday morning, 1 Peter 4 and 10, where... Um, we are to serve one another with the things that God has given us, and we are to be faithful stewards, good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 1 Peter 4, uh, 10. And so God has blessed us with abundant resources in this place, in this earth, in our lives, and we don't need to, um, to squander it on frivolous and evil uh, things. Number three, Gambling lotteries, etc., ignores the welfare, the welfare of our neighbors. Let's turn over to Romans 13 for a second. It ignores the welfare, the welfare of our neighbors. Looking at Romans uh, 13.
looking at verses um, 8 through 10. Someone want to read that for us? Romans 13, 8 through 10. that carefully. Love does not do any harm uh, to one's neighbor. Uh, gambling is known to um, serve as a huge addiction to many people. Uh, gambling in, in lotteries has led to uh, great destruction uh, in the families uh, of our nation and of the world in particular. Uh, gambling is often associated with other things. If you um, I've never in my life been to a casino, but I've talked to those who have gone. And uh, it's always associated with drinking and, and other types of shows that you would not want anyone to be around. Turn over to 1 Corinthians uh, 10. Just one minute here. 1 Corinthians uh, 10. Notice uh, this little statement that becomes a very important principle uh, for a lot of things. 1 Corinthians 10.24 1 Corinthians 10.24 Let no one seek his own good but rather let him seek the good of his neighbor. Let no one seek his own good but let him seek the good of his neighbor. And so with that principle in mind we see that that we wouldn't want to to be part of this sort of uh, system uh, at all. Would you offer anybody anything unclean? Would you, would you give somebody, would you give somebody uh, pornogra- pornographic literature? Would you give them pornogra- pornographic video to look at? You wouldn't do that. Would you give uh, somebody some illicit drugs? We wouldn't do that. Okay. We wouldn't support that being done. And so we don't want to support uh, this gambling, we wouldn't want to do that. It is harmful to the world. It's harmful to our, to our neighbors. The gambling empire, these casinos, are not built on people winning, right? <coughs> if, if you went in there and you, and you won, then they wouldn't, this empire would have never been an empire. But it's an empire now, and it's based on people losing. It's not good for our neighbors. Right? Number four, and this is a biggie here. Gambling exploits the weaknesses of others. Gambling exploits the weaknesses of others. So what does the word exploit mean? <coughs> Take advantage of. Okay. Um, that's pretty much it. it. To use someone or something... Uh, in a selfish way for one's own personal advantage to take advantage of someone. And that's what gambling is. Gambling is taking advantage of people's weaknesses uh, for someone else's uh, advantage. 
And as uh, followers of the Lord, uh, we don't have any interest in that whatsoever. Our, our interest is that people will not sin. Look, at, uh, look with me to 1 John 2 and verse 1. 1 John 2. John says, My little children, he often uses that phrase, speaking to his brothers and sisters in Christ. My little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not do what? You may not sin. That's, that's our business. We share scripture in order to, to help people see salvation in Christ, but we also share scripture to help people not sin. That's what scripture is there for. Like uh, Psalm says, Psalm 119 and verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. The Lord's word will help us not sin. And our, our whole reason for being is to help people stay, get away from evil, get away from bad things. We don't want to be any part of making it easy for people to fall to their weaknesses. We don't want to be any part of uh, providing for someone to uh, fail to their, their weakest part of their being. All of us are different. Um, some people have a weakness toward alcohol, and they have to be extra careful just uh, in that temptation. Others have a, a weakness toward power and pride. Others have a weakness toward gambling and greed and money. And so we don't want to provide, or um, we don't want to make it easy. We don't want to feed the, uh, the temptation uh, toward the weaknesses of somebody else. That's, that's not what, who, who we are as followers of God. We're, we are here to do as the apostles did, and that is they, they shared the scriptures so that we may not sin. We don't want anybody to sin. We don't, we don't want anything to do with sin. We want people to turn away from their sin. We want them to, to follow the Lord Christ. We, we want them to have the best life they can have here on earth. We know that the best way to do that is to follow these scriptures and not sin. So the bad thing about gambling is it takes advantage of people who are struggling with this temptation. We may not understand it. You may understand it. I don't know. But still, it is a huge temptation uh, to uh, folks. And so that's... Um, that's part of our stance against it. So it exploits the weaknesses of others. You see that number four. Number five, this is, um, this is greed at its worst. Greed. This is greed at its worst. Because not only are you exploiting somebody's weaknesses, but now you're making money on it. That's kind of like a, if you could go further down, then that's further down. Okay? It's all bad. But now you'll make money on it. Okay? And that's, um, that's just, um, that's, that's pretty despicable, really. Um, a couple of phrases, uh, Titus 1 verse 7 says that a mature person is not going to be greedy, a filthy lucre. He's not going to seek to be greedy first, but certainly not going to seek to get his money 
from questionable means, greedy of filthy lucre. And so that, that's just bad and terrible to think about um, making a, your... There, there are some who have made their wealth on owning places like casinos and so forth. That is um, despicable. If they knew the, the hurt and the, the agony that they have helped bring to a lot of families, then um, maybe they would, they would turn from their ways. But it's, it's as bad as anything. It's as bad as murder to me. It's as bad as murder because you're, you're just inviting folks to come and um, basically tear their lives apart. It affects children in a you know, terrible way. So it is greed at its worst. Greed at its worst. Okay. And then, final statement here on, um, and then I'm going to let you talk about this. Uh, if you'd like to, if not, we'll move on. Um, it is uh, twisted. That's the word. It is twisted in its logic. Twisted in its logic. Perverted in its logic, however you want to say it. Almost always when uh, this issue begins to be discussed, people try to say, well, you can take that money and do something good with it. Do something for uh, schools. You can do something for maybe some charities. Uh, maybe you can get some people out of debt. I don't know what all is said there. But that's very twisted in, in someone's uh, logic. Okay, that's, that's um, again, it's pretty despicable. Think about uh, this example from the Bible. Um, when Judas betrayed the Lord, they gave him how much money? So what did he do with that money? Yeah, he changed his mind there in Matthew 27. He changed his mind and did what with it? Brought it back to the chief priest. And then what did Judas do? Okay, he went out and hung himself. But then what did they do with that money? All right, so, of course, they had to have a meeting about it. What, what, men, what us men do, we've got to have a meeting. So they, they took counsel and said, what are we going to do with this, meet, this money? They said, um, we can't bring it into the temple. All of a sudden, they're going to get very righteous, you know. All of a sudden... Very righteous. They just, they just killed an innocent man, but nonetheless, we've got to think righteously here. This is blood money, and we can't bring blood money into the temple, so what are we going to do? I'll tell you what, let's go buy a field out here, and we can just dedicate that field to burying strangers in, and that'll be something good, and people will know that we did something good with this, and maybe they won't think about the bad deed that we just did. Or we can just, or we can just uh, kind of uh, attract favor with the people by the field. So, yeah, purchased the potter's field, and even Jeremiah prophesied that this was going uh, to happen. Well, if we take money from this kind of source and say we're going to do something good, quote, good with it, we're in league with these chief priests. We're doing about the same thing. It's just, it's just filthy money, and uh, it's just not... Um, it's not the way the Lord wants us to do that which is good. Okay. 
So um, I wouldn't go that route at all. That's the popular thing. In fact, as I was sitting over there at the Cattle Cafeteria that day, that was, that was the thing everybody was saying is this time this one is called an educational lottery where it's different, where in, in the past when they tried to get a lottery bill come to go through, they would say, well, some education, others we're going to pay off in state debt and all that. But this one's supposed to be just an educational lottery. And to me, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. You know, it's, it's, this is not the way. And you know what? I got to thinking of it this way. Think about what that says about us as a, as a people. As a people. Okay. Have, have we really become that shallow? I mean, it, it, has our creativity become so, so empty that the only way we can think of as a nation to support our schools is to is to support a vice, support gambling, support drinking. Is that is that where we have come? Is that the best we can do? We have no more creativity in us. You know, have, have, have we just lost all our all our means to to develop and to um, to create other ways of uh, raising money. If our schools need the money, certainly um, we can find another way. You know, sort of like what I like to say about um, somebody has got the habit of cursing. That's the first thing I say. I said, is that, is, that, is that all you got? You know, of all the words available to human beings, of all the words in the English language, you mean you can't find any other words than to fill your sentences with two or three of these, these uh, nasty words? You can't, is that the best you got? I mean, is that, is your intelligence, is that as far as your intelligence goes? Is you have to listen to other people talk filthy and then you talk filthy? And you can't think of any other words to, to express yourself? And it's the same way here. You know, it, why would we want to get caught up in the idea of, creating a, a following or, or wrapping our arms around something sinful in, other, in order to try to do something good with it. Okay, that's, that just doesn't make any sort of, of um, spiritual sense uh, to me at all. You know, I get really, I'm a, I get really um, um, aggravated, irritated at this idea of the higher good, you know, Let's, let's tolerate something we know to be evil for the better good, for the higher good. I, I can't swallow that very long at all. Education lottery, we're going to educate our kids on how to gamble. It is speaking a message to the kids. I mean, it is. And whether you ever said that you were, if, it is speaking a message that this is something that the public wants. And I hope we don't go that route um, at all. But maybe I'm just off my rocker here. What do you have to say about this? this the six statements I wanted to share. We supported Christian colleges without uh, gambling before the uh, state took them over. Okay. Matt says we supported Christian colleges uh, for a long time without gambling. Okay, what else you got? Let's put it a little bit closer to home. Most of us in this room would probably not dare to think about walking in a casino and placing money on a 
table or in the slot machine or something again. If a child walks up to one of us or someone in a civic organization and they're selling chances, how many of us would buy to? I've seen a lot of Christians that would. Things have changed. Forty years ago, I can remember growing up, I was taught by my parents. If that happened to my dad, I literally saw him. If it was a good cause, he wouldn't buy a chance. He'd give him a donation. But he wouldn't buy the chance. So he taught me to still gamble. Right. But we've been eased into these other things by accepting simpler gambling things. Okay. Still gambling. Okay. And why not, if you want to donate, just donate. If you've got the money to to give to a cause, just give it to them and, and let that be that. All right. You talked about this before, but the idea of fairness in the scriptures. The work was working at this time. He works hard. You pay him for the work that he did. Um, also, the idea of God being this scales that aren't fair. Right. You you work for things like that. If I'm putting down twenty dollars and walking away with three hundred million dollars, that's not fair. Right. That's not what God intended. So Brent bringing up the principle the laborer is worthy of his hire and God is not a respecter of persons and so he wants everybody to work in a fair fair value for value, a fair day's work for fair pay and and that's God's way on this. It's not validations, though. Look at ball players and actors. I think that's, that does not, you know, the amount of work involved with the amount of money. So that doesn't level out to me. Right. Okay. That doesn't seem like a day's work worth right. $5 million dollars today. Well, I know, I know what you mean. Uh, Jan is saying, well, what about the athletes and, and the movie stars and the amount of money versus the work they do? And, of course, that's way out of proportion. That's way out of balance. And, and, um, that's all part of paying the money for the tickets to go watch it. That's, that's the people's fault for paying the... Yeah, if you quit going and quit watching, maybe that would cut their salaries. Um, but I see what you're saying. How would you distinguish between gambling, like we've been talking about, and uh, investing? Okay. Because we know the Lord, uh, the lesson there, the talents, uh, the ones who were praised and, and blessed were the ones who took what they had and made more with it. When they just kept it, uh, was not praised. So, how would you then talking to somebody if they were to bring that that up? And what's the difference between what I'm doing in the casino and you taking your money and putting it in the stock market that you might lose next week in the crash? So, what's the difference in um, investing in gambling? Have you ever had anybody ask you that? The way I answer that is usually with stock market stuff, there's a company behind it and there's somebody working it, so it is an investment. It is a probability. 
that it won't succeed, but there is a tangible company usually involved with that stock. So it's not just a flippant non-entity. Okay. So it's not just a flippant way of throwing your money out there. There's a, there's a um, company behind it. Mark saying there's been about five times where there's been a major crash and it always rebounds in our country in five years or less. There's typically thought that's going to go into investing also. I mean, if you want to look at it like that, think about retail sales. If someone buys a product, they're taking a chance on making a profit. I do it for a living. You know, but it's supposed to be educated where gambling is not a strict a chance. get you guys to say that again. Let's start, let's start with Ken. <laughs> I mean, I am absolutely no experience in this investing business. So <laughs> you take and then you say and then you say and then you say. Well, then. when you think about the investing thing, if you think about retail sales, if a person's going to buy a product and turn around and try to sell it for a profit, are they not taking a chance? But it's not considered gambling because it's educated. You know, that's what I do for a living. I buy a product and I expect to resell it for a profit. It doesn't always happen. But it's not gambling because I'm educated at what I'm doing, supposedly. Good. <laughs> supposedly educated. Okay, what I was talking about is the idea that when you invest in the stock market, you're purchasing and you're becoming part owner of a company. And then you resell your purchase, your ownership of the country, the company at a later date. You intend to make a profit. You may or may not. But also, as I said, I don't see that really any different than a farmer who purchases seed and plants that seed. At the time he buys the seed or puts the seed in the ground, he has no idea whether he's going to get a harvest or not. A lot depends on the weather and everything else. So, Okay. That's, that's a good way of explaining. Go ahead. Let's let Houston do his. <laughs> what I what I'd say was that uh, when you're investing in a company, you're not dependent on everyone else losing. Where when you're gambling, you are. Okay, good, good point there. All right. So. Okay, Paul. <laughs> Go ahead. This is Channel Thirty One. <laughs> I was just curious about uh, your viewpoint on investing. Uh, or on margin, in other words, using someone else's money to do your investing. Yeah, I, you're gonna have to give that back to Matt. And that means going out and borrowing money. Uh, bring it back to Ken here. Channel 31 signing off. Uh, oh, Mark says he knows. ABC News here. <laughs> <laughs> 
margin investing is when you go out and borrow money and really it's it's a, it may even be an initial public offering or something just to uh, try to get rich it's very similar to this gambling we're talking about right here so okay. i don't think that's right okay <laughs> myself That, that is one of the major problems of the Great Depression, is uh, that a lot of people were going out and taking money. The, the 20s were such a dynamic decade for uh, profitability that a lot of people went out and took, borrowed on their homes and everything else, and that's why banks failed. So, you know, it, that's kind of a different thing. I think. <laughs> Yeah, go, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so one thing I do want to mention as well is that we can turn things that aren't gambling into gambling to not to say it's situational ethics, but um, I guess the only example I can come up with is a trading card game because I'm pretty familiar with them. Some people buy those boxes of cards to enjoy them and play them, and some people just buy a whole lot of them to try to make money off of them. So sometimes I think you can take something innocent and turn it into a gambling problem too. Okay, good point. Good point. Right. Appreciate all these good, uh, good comments. Aaron, did you have something? Did we? Did we? Uh, you got nothing on that? Okay, go ahead, brother. Yeah. Um, talking about investing in stocks, uh, you, you can use that same argument. We're investing in land. I mean, you're speculating that you know, buy land for profit, you know, that you buy it for a certain value and some years later hope to increase it. It increases in value. It's the same principle. It's just a different uh, mechanism okay. that you're using. You say the same thing about antique furniture, antique cars, I mean, you know, anything that's perceived value in the market, you, know, you can buy and later hope to sell. So pretty much in investing, you, you feel like you've got something or someone standing behind that investment, something tangible, and, and that's a whole different ballgame than what gambling is. And someone will buy it too because it's a market. Right. You're selling to someone who's really buying it. Ken is saying what Houston, reiterating what Houston said, that gambling is betting or is, it's relying on that somebody else is going to lose and that's how you get your profit. Good point. Appreciate that very much.